Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin, we spent hour one really trying to pick apart make sense, peel back the onion on the uh, NBA negotiations, on Major League Baseball. And the reason, Kev, is quite simple. We want American team sports back in this country, whether you call it a distraction, whether you call it normalcy, whatever it is, I call it opportunities to make some money, and that's what we do here, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. We will continue our roster resets and shine a light on the New York Jets today. But first, some news and notes that have crossed my radar since we last spoke. Kev, did you see that Sony Michelle, I've been talking about him as the stereotype, um, he had foot surgery in the offseason. And I got to tell you something. He had knee surgeries before. He had injury issues at Georgia. Now with New England as well, foot surgery. This sounds to me like the knee bones connected to the hip bone, the hip bones connected yeah. to the thigh bone. And I don't know. I don't like necessarily putting the injury-prone tag on people. Is Sony Michelle injury-prone, Kev? Yeah, that's okay. I, I okay. mean, I, I don't. I think we have to be cautious with how we do it. But I think potentially to say, well, a guy can have bad injury, luck, whatever it might be. I think right. especially when we talk about, you know, how does it could potentially pertain to fantasy football, you have to acknowledge when a guy is seemingly is getting banged up on a somewhat regular basis, if that's the case, because that's a part of the reason whether you want to draft them in their draft stock as a whole. I think Sony Michelle's a, a real, real interesting one. Um, we just recently kind of spoke on the Patriots, yeah. and I think they're a Again, they're a tough team to kind of dissect, um, you know, in terms of like, no, you know, does Sony get more reps because they're trying to keep the ball out of Stidham's hand or is Sony useless because they're always behind, uh, you know, and that's how you get a lead back going around 30s in terms of ADP. Mm-hmm. What a what a tough read for me in terms of whether I would want to own Sony Michelle in leagues. Yeah. And here's the other thing, right? We just talked about their maybe lack of playmakers, you know, that are there. And when we were going through them, Sony Michelle was one of the ones that are now high up on this list, right? Yeah. So if he's got any kind of availability issues, I also think about the kid um, Harris out of Alabama who's in there, right? Is it Najee Harris, I believe? Um, yeah. It's because there were multiple Harrises out of Alabama, you know? I think Damien was the other one. I'll Damien. Check so does that maybe make him more viable? Yeah, they have Damien. Does um, that make Damien maybe. more viable? Maybe it's Brandon Bolden. Maybe it's Rex Burkhead. Uh, you know, it, t- it definitely wouldn't surprise me if we left the season where we, you know, we got back to this whole Patriots like, I can't do this anymore. Because right. I would argue a little bit when Sony got there. I mean, it became it's just Sony and James White. And sometimes you could start both of them and actually be fine. It mm-hmm. wasn't the headache of old. But I think this year I could certainly see it being – Oh, great. Rex Burkhead's here. Oh, look, Brandon Bolden's doing a thing. Oh, right. Damian Harris is breaking out. What a waste of time this all is. And yeah, you want to, they're, they're, they are a team, I think, as we went through them, Dane, that you'll be very okay with if you don't own any share of the Patriots. And really, the only guy that I came away with saying I want is Julian Edelman, just based on a targets versus ADP uh, kind of situation. Uh, You know, so again, the Patriots became and still are a very interesting offense to try to peg how good they're going to be. Um, But I digress. We shall see. Did you see who else was in the news over the weekend? Antonio Brown was in the news over the weekend, Kev. And apparently, you know, he was in court because of the charges with that truck driver. Remember when he was like moving back in March, I believe this was. This was when Antonio Brown was in like full full on kind of like we think he needs help mode, right? But he was there and it seems like he's avoiding jail time or anything like that. And... You know, afterwards, his lawyer said things that, like, now that this phase is done, that the NFL can now potentially reinstate him and that he may be uh, trying to resume his career and get back on the path to being on an NFL team. Uh, so tell me your reaction to this. Like, OK, do you think um, do you think the NFL will restate him? Do you think teams will take a flyer? I know with great talent comes great leash. Um, or is he, like, so persona non grata now, you know, 
that a team wouldn't take him on, almost like a Colin Kaepernick team wouldn't take him on. Um, and do you think he has value? Like, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to draft him with my last round pick in every fantasy football draft I have this year. Yeah, I think if Antonio Brown is reinstated and suspended for less than, say, 10 games, I think a team will um, look to add him. Because the thing is, when a player then gets the suspension, you're almost absolved of bringing him on. Like, there, you kind of just have to, the way, and that's just, it's just the reality of it, Dane, by the way. It's mm-hmm. just the, you just kind of have to wait out the storm. And I also would somewhat argue that the situation with Antonio Brown is one that, at least personally, went into more of a like tragedy type of mode. And I, I just felt a lot of sorrow for the guy because you were watching right. someone's life pretty much fall apart in front of you. Yeah, that's why I, when this was going on, I w- and I was still doing the show with Joe Ranieri at the time. Like I was very hesitant to take the like, oh my god, he's wilding out. Oh my god, he's crazy. Because if we then heard that there was like an actual issue like of depression, alcoholism, you know, those kinds of things, then all of a sudden, you know, you look real bad of like making light of it instead of thinking about how do we wrap our arms around them and support them. Yeah, I know. I, I think that's very well said. And I, and I think, you know, we heard, I believe it was the workout with the Saints where they were yeah. like, oh my God, if we get this guy, that's a Super Bowl. And I mean, that's what Antonio Brown is. I mean, I mean, AB actually won me some money um, because I, when he first went that first game with the Patriots, I was in on, on all the A-B props you could find. And it was A-B day. Scored a touchdown. Right. Over on his yards, over on his catches. Like, A-B had a great game. A-B can still go out there and produce. I mean, he's the best receiver of a decade. I think he's one of the best receivers I've certainly ever seen. Um, I mean, really, like, he's probably has a case for, just because I, I'm not going to get into arguments with people, top 10 wide receiver of all time, maybe higher. And I think a lot of that talent is probably still there, Dane. So to me, if a team takes him and they go, yeah, I'm going to miss him for half the season, not all that dissimilar to a guy who's going to start the year on a pup. Yeah. I, I, I think you're looking at a situation where if he is reinstated, whatever the suspension is, certainly can find his way. It's going to be a contender. And if I, had, if, you, if, if I had to give you a team, it's hard for me not to say Tampa Bay. I think hmm. he's going to want a winner, and I think he genuinely – might have actually found. They got another wideouts already there, though, no? Oh, one hundred percent. They don't need him. I think he just might have found something with Brady. Could be wrong. I think he might yeah, have found something house, with Brady. Right? Chilling with Giselle. Yeah, I just they they just seem to actually take to one another. And yeah. AB's not going to the Jaguars. No, I'm and just... like you know what I mean. He's going to a team that is expected to win. That's I feel very certain of. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe finally what we believe should have been addressed the whole time. Maybe the Green Bay Packers would come calling, but that's an interesting cool. topic for another day. We'll keep our eye on that. The last piece of news that I wanted to bounce off of you, Kev, was, uh, you know, remember about a week ago when we talked about, oh, uh, teams will not be able to go kind of off-site for their training camps to like the college campuses and things of that nature. We also talked about the idea that in there was the um, maybe no joint practices this year. And we talked about the um, importance of that because that the joint practices is where, you know, starters were getting some of their reps. And we thought about, oh, um, they're sitting out in the preseason games. They don't want to risk the injury, things of that nature. Well, it seems like there's growing energy for this season to trim the preseason games down from four to two. Now, officially the schedule like has been delivered, right? And there are four preseason games, but there is kind of energy maybe to condense it, especially given this pandemic and these times, the injuries, the time for training camp, the runway, so that they could adjust to a potential fall wave. This is all out there. What do you think, A, do you think this would happen? And B, what do you think is the impact on some interesting teams that already have say camp battles going on or that we've already been talking about in this vein really really interesting i I'm first is like do you think we would do weeks three and four weeks two and four leave right. a gap in between um really interesting i think it's certainly your opponent is usually always close to home for you yeah so yeah you could definitely see how week four would probably i think it's like a, a team you alternate with like i think the eagles and jets alternate home and away jets, every year yeah that, um, that, that week four because they don't have to you know it's just a short drive on i-95 yeah, the long-term effect, I would say, is this could potentially be somewhat similar to if Major League Baseball implements the DH league-wide. You're like, oh, that might stick around right? Um, kind of regardless, right? 
I think you could see a two-game preseason situation stick around. Mm-hmm. The short-term effect is Chicago Bears, ah. Oakland Raiders, Miami ah. Dolphins, ah. these quarterback competitions yeah. that now – because now what do you do? There's only That's two right. weeks, right? That's right. Is everybody the, – the, it's really different actually now because people also bet preseason games, right? So even sure. Gonna, like now, right, are you going to have a situation where Foles and Trubisky split halves evenly? And we're not really going to – One game goes to one and one game goes to the other. You know, yeah. I think it's interesting because here's the thing. With splitting games, you never want that guy behind the second-string offensive line, right? Because then that just increases the risk, you know, tenfold. So I think you're right, and I automatically thought about the same thing, right? Those teams where up on FanDuel, they have odds for, like, who will start week one. I thought about, you know, the Bears. And Mitchell Trubisky, by the way, came out this weekend and said that, you know, he's motivated. He still thinks it's his team – And he's been raring to go ever since the Nick Foles trade. I know when we did the Miami Dolphins last week, you made the assumption that it might be Tua under center in week one. Well, if there's only two preseason games, maybe that's not enough of a runway. Similar conversation, obviously, with the Chargers in terms of Herbert versus Terod, right? Idea also maybe up in New England. Does that change the dynamic of Stidham or someone else? I think it's not the case for Stidham, but I do think in Chicago— with the Chargers and with the Dolphins, where we have these week one starting quarterback odds out, if there's a compromised preseason, it could matter. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I think it completely changes the dynamic of how these teams then are going to be able to approach the preseason because now they're potentially going to be playing more, like, because you're going to need more rest in a right. way too, right? So could we see a situation where they, say, play – Timeline-wise, weeks two and three, and there's a bye week before we start the NFL season because you don't want guys to be, yeah. you know, tired from playing. Maybe more they're the also this is also to provide them a little bit of a safety net because you know we're expecting camps to open back as right. scheduled in mid-July, and if that doesn't happen, right? If for some reason these things get pushed back a little bit, maybe that's the sacrificial lamb, right? Weeks of the preseason so they can still have that practice. But whenever they are on the field and play in games, it's going to be a big year for the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Adam Gaze entering his second year. Sam Darnold entering his third year, the second of which he hopefully will not have mono. Many people think he takes a step forward. What happens to this defense under Greg Williams? Joe Douglas, the new GM, had his first draft and offseason. We look at how well he did, what the future's numbers are for the Jets. They're schedule their diamonds and fugazis as we turn the spotlight on the jets 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 remember the governor of new jersey thinks fans can be in the stadium we shall see there's a lot of stuff to be worked out we look at the new york jets when we come back it is the early line right after this SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back into the early line. Dan and Kevin, if you are a follower of this show, of this network, of me, the spitting statistician, you know that the Jets are my team and you know that Kevin is an Eagles fan. So this is the first time, Kev, where we may have to, you know, check our bias at the door. Well, you know, we did talk about Nick Foles previously, but I digress, you know, so I'm going to need you to kind of, you know, check me if in case you think I'm bringing my Homer tinted glasses to the show here and I ask you to say that because when we look at the New York Jets I gotta tell you the truth I love what they did in the offseason Kev I think their draft was smart Joe Douglas obviously prioritized the offensive line you know bringing in uh, George Fan, bringing in McGovern bringing in Van Roten re-signing Alex Lewis drafting Becton number 11 overall there is possibly likely Five new starters on the offensive line. I love the way Joe Douglas manipulated the draft, trading back, still getting the wide receiver in Denzel Mims in the second round, who some people believed was a first-round talent, right? They get the edge rusher. They get a safety on defense. I like that part. And then remember, they did lose Robbie Anderson to the Carolina Panthers in the offseason. 
But they signed Brashad Perryman, who a lot of people believe are a similar kind of wide receiver. Brashad Perryman, who popped off at the end of the season for Tampa Bay after Godwin and Evans went down with injury. And he is now a New York Jet. They're going to go at it with, you know, Brashad Perryman, Denzel Mims, the rookie, and of course, Jamison Crowder in the slot. But they're getting back, you know, Kevin, they're getting back some players, you know, like a C.J. Mosley for example, at the linebacker level, like an Avery Williamson, also at the linebacker level, who, by the way, was one of those guys that got horribly season-ending injury in a preseason game last year against the Atlanta Falcons. And what I think may be the biggest of all is that Sam Darnold entering year three when, you know, we've been talking about this, the spotlight is on Josh Allen, the spotlight is on Drew Locke, right? Um, Sam Darnold entering year three, and last time I checked, he doesn't have mono, so he may be able to actually take the step forward this year. I think the Jets at least have the arrow pointing in the right direction in a division that's now kind of open for grabs by everybody's thoughts now that Tom Brady's not there. So I would agree that the roster situation is pointing up. Okay. The unfortunate thing is the schedule mm. is the exact opposite of what it was last year. Their schedule was very, very soft last year. They were 7-9. and Dan, I think it's fair to say, considering that they were up massively on that. If they were up, was it 16-0 on the Bills in week well, one? Yes, and ultimately, I believe it was 19-16 they lost. Remember, C.J. Mosley, who, by the way, had an interception in that game, went down in the second half of week one, and it really changed around. You know, give credit to the Bills. They had a comeback victory. Mm -hmm. But absolutely, they were looking very good for three quarters against the Bills in week one. And then, you know, then... Out goes Sam Darnold, right, in the game against Cleveland on Monday Night Football. Miles Garrett breaks Trevor Simeon's leg. And then all of a sudden, they're on QB3 in the first month of the season. 100%. They also, though, with Darnold under center, handed two teams their first win of the season. But the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. True. So those are three games that I can point to for a 7-9 football team and say, man, they could have easily been 10-6. and six. And that's the thing, Dane. They could have been 10-6. and six. But I go through this schedule now, and the thing with the Jets, so like the Chiefs, I'm not going to be like, oh, this is a tough schedule. They're only going to win nine games. The Chiefs can beat a tough schedule. Right. The Jets are a team, though, that can fall victim yeah. to a, a lot of coin flip kind of games, schedule. right? Yes. And when we go through this, see, yeah. as much as you say, like, oh, you know, with the bias, I don't think you're going to, from what I've seen, you're not going to be like, oh, Tim Donald's the best quarterback in the world. None of that's going to happen, right? You're, you're familiar with the team. You I think he think is definitely um, – there is the potential for him to take a big step forward this year uh -huh. and be in that group of, like, young quarterbacks who people like. You know, I here's where I'll go, and I'll say it because of the Eagles, right? I sure. think there's a universe where if Darnold continues his progression, he's viewed similarly to a, a Carson Wentz light in, in two years. Here's what I will say. Remember the argument I made – for Tua Tungavailoa as potentially yeah. the best quarterback in this division. I do remember it. The, Darnold, the Darnold one's very easy to make, okay? Because I, I think he's better than Stidham, right? I'm not worried about that. Tua's a rookie, and from a passing perspective, yeah. he's better than Josh Allen, okay? Well, let's put it this way. When they were both available in the same draft, it was obvious who was the choice of the Jets, and the conventional wisdom was definitely that Darnold was, you know, one of those quarterbacks. Remember, it was Darnold, it was Baker Mayfield, it was Josh Allen, it was Josh Rosen, and Lamar Jackson, who all got picked in the first round that year. I'll give you Lamar and what they have done, right? But out of Baker, Darnold, and Josh Allen, how about this? I believe Sam Darnold will still have the best NFL career of those three. I think that's... I understand that. I, I was pretty high on Baker going into last season because there's pretty much nothing to suggest that you shouldn't be, I thought. Um, and then the weapons were great, and it wasn't great. It's a big year for Baker coming up. Again, so I, I look at this football team, and I, I mean, so this is the thing, though, Dane, right? Like, them handing two teams their first win of the season, yeah. right? Do we chalk that up to coaching? Sam was there. Were, were the injuries – I mean – is this a team that's just too thin and they can't withstand certain injuries? Then I don't know what to do. That's yeah. the problem for, for me with this football team. I was high on them going into last year because right. I looked at that schedule. Yeah. And it, it was all there for them. The one thing I will say to you that I told people preseason, 
Yeah. I said, you, I said, you go through the schedule, right? And you will, if we would have done this last year, you would have found yourself giving the Jets almost seven wins in a row. Mm. And no teams winning seven games in a row. Right. The problem for the Jets is, and maybe this is why they lost to the Bengals and the Dolphins, is you're just going to lose games, okay? Is the easiest games, they weren't spread out evenly enough. They just weren't, right? That's true. Maybe that was somewhat they're doing. I guess I look at this team. I don't know what to do with Adam Gase. Jamal Adams wants to be paid, and he's ever – I mean, every other day – that's another big issue. Is talking about how they won't make him an offer – they are a team that I struggle with mightily because yeah. honestly, I'd like to pick them to win this division. Mm. Like if, if if someone said, "Who do you want to Dark win the Horse AFC?" Kind of squad, right? I'd love to pick the Jets, man. I'd love to get behind this team. It sounds to me, I don't want to put words in your mouth. It sounds to me like you have similar views on the Jets as you do to the Denver Broncos, a team that with that young quarterback that you're like, hey, coin flip games, could they be a surprise team? Hell yeah, you know, Um, but you could also see it going off the rails. I remember when we picked a lot of the Denver games, you were hemming and hawing on some of those. Listen, I think their defense is strong under Greg Williams. They were number two in the league last year, stopping the run. Okay, so that's part of what you got to do. Their cornerbacks, their secondary has always been an issue at the corner level. They addressed that a lot this year. You talk about Jamal Adams. I think bringing back C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson at the linebacker level, I think they will have an above-average offense. I personally believe that Joe Douglas was absolutely right to prioritize the offensive line because I think it's going to work wonders for the third-year kid Sam Darnold and for a little-known running back who one people thought was the best in the NFL a mere two years ago is now all of a sudden going to have a quarterback that doesn't have mono and have an offensive line for his, you know, patient running style. So we'll see about that. But let's look at the futures bets for the Jets because you said you'd be interested at them maybe being a surprise team to win the division. They are 7-1 to one to win the division, plus 700. Their win total has moved down since about a month ago, okay? They were at 7. They are now at 6.5. However... They're minus 120 to the over. So if we get them to seven and nine, that's still a win on the over bet. But if you think that they could take a step forward, they're plus 360 to make the playoffs, Kevin. Minus 500 for no. I mentioned Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is 35 to one to lead the league in rushing. Um, We've talked about the rookie Denzel Mims, who is 20 to one to win the rookie of the year. Same level as Justin Herbert. Either any of those, or if you want me to look up something else, how are you starting to think about the Jets futures market, albeit before we go game by game? And we'll do that after the break. So you and I, um, Part on air, part off air, had a lengthy conversation about how the AFC will fill the playoff spots. Right. And the expectation. Because of division strengths, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the expectation is that the winner of the AFC East will be the only AFC East team to make it. So typically, right, the idea be, yeah, just better to make the playoffs. You know, you you buy yourself wild card spots. But I don't know. If that's the way to go for double the juice, yeah. Depending on how juice. this, depending how this goes, Dane, right? I would tell you that the seven to one is more interesting than the plus three sixty for the division. I, yes, for the division. Would would I ultimately pull the trigger on it though? Again, with my looking ahead on the schedule, unlikely. I think Jamal Adams, Defensive Player of the Year, if things shake out. I'll bring that one up. I looked at those, but it was pretty. It was a big long shot. I'll I'll bring it up, but keep going. Sure, and I just think because if if things are going to break right for this team, I expect a big year from Jamal Adams. Um, I could see him having that type of season. I, they are a team really like again just the early peaks at this schedule that I have on a sizable losing streak, and it's the thing of like if all right, so if we flip that game on its head. Does it flip the season? Yeah. It's head. And I and I remember I told you this when we did the Bills. And this is my biggest, I think, takeaway for this team. They have 
one of the most important week one games of the season. Yeah, I was going to mention that. You talked about last year's week one, right? And how it upset the apple cart for the Jets and got the Bills off going. They do play the Bills, I believe, week one again this year. And that's interesting. The last thing I'll say before we go to break, you mentioned Jamal Adams. Okay, Jamal Adams is tied for the 19th choice for NFL to player, player of the year, defensive player of the year at 33 to one, Kevin. He is at the same level as three other names, okay, for context. He's got the same odds as Miles Garrett, the same odds as Demarcus Lawrence, and the same odds as another interesting name when we talk about the Jets, because I think they may not be done. They got some cap room. He's got the same odds at 33 to 1 as Jadavion Clowney. We've heard that, you know, the Titans and the Browns are still in the mix for Clowney. Jets could still use a pass rusher as well. We'll talk about that. I know they drafted the kid Zuniga out of Florida in the third round, and I like that pick, you know, to partner with James on the other side. But, you know, I could always use some pressure on some of these quarterbacks in the AFC East. What we will do is when we come back from break, we're going to turn our attention to game by game on the schedule. And I agree, there's going to be some coin flips here. So let's find out how they do. So Jamal Adams at 33-1, to player, a defensive player of the year. God bless you. You take the entire break. (laughs) Get yourself situated because we need you when we come back, Kevin. You are going to pick the Jets' schedule. Let's see if you have them going over the six-and-a-half win total. We'll do that when we come right back, putting the fun and functional sports content. Gesundheit, it's the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, everybody, welcome on in to the early line. I'm Dane Martinez. This is Kevin Walsh. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick the Jets' schedule. And it's almost like I recuse myself from this conversation, Kev. You know? And by the way, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing almost when we do the Eagles. When we do the Eagles, I'm also going to pick them game by game. And we'll see if there's any kind of big old difference. But I will say this. I do think from as objective as I can be, I do think the Joe Douglas addition and what he did in the offseason was good. I mean, they got good draft grades universally, you know, from the draft Knicks out there, you know, so we'll we'll see. And what we yeah. have to acknowledge is that the opportunity of Brady leaving and potentially the fall of Rome in New England being an opportunity, you know, the last thing I'll say is this, Kev, for years... What I said with the Jets, I knew they were a below 500 team. You know, if you asked me last year, if you asked me two years ago, and people were like, ooh, I'm high on the Jets, like you were saying. I was like, I don't, I don't need them to make the playoffs. Here's all I need. All I want is to be confident whenever Tom Brady leaves the Patriots, I want to be confident that Sam Darnold is my guy. Mm. And if that point in time happens and I'm comfortable and confident that Sam Darnold is my guy, then – the Jets have as good a chance as any to eventually take the mantle in that division when the Patriots ultimately go down to the bottom part of their cycle, right? I do believe Sam Darnold is the guy, so I'm ready to roll for the short term. My only problem is I believe Josh Allen is the Buffalo Bills guy as well, and those two quarterbacks will face each other in week one in Buffalo. Who you got? Uh, I mentioned that this is one of those games that can really – It can shape the entire season for both of these teams. I ultimately went with the Bills being home because I think they can be good at home. And also the Jets um, have went two and six, two consecutive seasons on the road the last two years. That's where they lost the game against Miami and the game against Cincinnati that I'm referencing from last year. So that was kind of the tiebreaker in this spot. Remember, though, when they go on the road this year, they won't have fans to deal with quite possibly. So when they go up against maybe some of those, uh, you know, bottom theater teams, maybe the cream can rise to the top. When they come home, their home opener is no easy task. It's against the defending NFC champion Niners. However, it is a one o'clock start on the East Coast. Yeah, it's the type of game that if you can pick it, awesome. But I can't personally have them beating the Niners. I don't I just don't think they're of, of that level. But even you know, with the home the home opener juice potentially? 
Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, uh, I wonder what that spread is over at, at, at the FanDuel. We have that. Remember, we have the the, the Jets. Yeah. All of the spreads. I'll give it to you. I'm not saying that I think the Jets are going to get that game done myself, and I understand that. But you know, it would be interesting to see. I'll tell you right now, week two, uh, they are five and a half point home dogs as of now when San Fran comes to town. So you're going to give them that loss. Week yeah. three, as 0-2, they go back out on the road to another team that I know you like this season. I like them too. It's yeah. Indy week three. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to go with Indy uh, in this spot. This is why the Jets, you know, when the schedule got released, people were like, wow, what a tough, tough schedule this team has. Yeah, absolutely. They would not be favored there as well. However, this is the first time they are favored. Week four, they come back home. Short week. They host Thursday night football. They will be favorites when the Denver Broncos come to town. Yeah, I, I wrote in my notes, this is huge for them. This is such an opportunity to be hosting this game the, the way that they are. And I think for the fact that they have yet to win a game, everything here for me uh, points to the direction of a Jets win. All right, this is where they're going. I think I know where you're going in the next game if I've been paying attention to you throughout the year, right? Because after the Thursday game, they will have the mini-buy. I look next, and they have another home game. You have been very strong about home teams coming off the mini-buy. That's the situation the Jets are in. They also get a West Coast team coming in for a 1 o'clock start against Arizona. So if you hold consistency, I think you have the Jets getting this one. I appreciate that you're like, listen, based on what you've done, this is a win. But you're not wrong. I wrote, again, here in my notes, I wrote a blessing. And it really is. This could have been a very tough game. It's worked out perfectly for the Jets to be on their mini-buy against a traveling West Coast team. Great job. So you have them two and three at yep. this point. And then this is one of the parts of the schedule that I'm pissed off about. I've mentioned it before. They play at the Chargers and at the Rams this yeah. year. However, you know, unlike the Patriots who get to do the same thing and just chill out there in La La Land for a week, mm-hmm. the Jets do not get that luxury. It's not a big difference this time. On the back end, it is, in my opinion. But week six, they go to L.A. for the first time in the season to see yeah. the Chargers. Who you got? Yeah, I'm not super high on the Terod, Jets. By the way, are they facing Terod? Because yeah, that would be Greg so. Williams facing his own former quarterback. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I think that my expectation, I guess, would be that Terod is kind of. I think for for this exercise, Dane, probably the best thing for me to do is to say Tyrod's the Chargers quarterback and two is the Dolphins quarterback. I feel like okay. that was the easiest thing for me to do this Fair exercise. Enough. Okay. I'm rolling with the Chargers. Greg Williams against his former quarterback, Terod. I'm rolling with the Chargers in this spot. Again, a lot of that has to do with the Jets' previous road record. Could this be a game that the Jets could win? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the Chargers are going to be like. You never know if they could be Herbert even. And so, obviously, a lot of kind of variance there. Um, You had the Jets losing in Buffalo. What about the return trip? Week 7, the Bills come into MetLife. So, this is... This is a spot where the Bills are off the back of a Thursday night game. So it's a mini-buy. However, it's the Chiefs they're playing. Really, really tough game. It's a game that we actually have the Bills winning. Right. I kind of want to call an audible here. It's a game that I gave Buffalo when we went through Buffalo. It's a game I've given Buffalo like consistently. But could I see the Jets pulling this thing out at home despite the mini-buy here? I think I could. And I'm going to call an audible and give this game to the Jets. All right. They would really need that. That would get them back to respectability at three and four. Um, I don't think you have them winning the next game, though. After this one, they go to Arrowhead to see Kansas City. We're marking that one down as an L, I assume? We, we certainly are. When did You made Kansas City, what, 13 and three, I believe it was? Around that, I think. Yeah. And remember, guys, after this, we will have the NFC East, and then we will have done the exercise with everybody. So after that, we'll look at Kevin's, you know, top seven teams in his conference. We'll make his playoff brackets and the whole nine. It continues. But after Kansas City, another home primetime game, Monday night football. The Patriots come in for Monday night football. I'll tell you right now, the Jets have picked off the Patriots at home, even when it was Brady and Belichick in these kind of spots. But again, remember, Monday night football at home against the Pats was also the butt fumble game. So we'll see. Uh, Who do you got here? New England coming in. I'm telling you right now, I'm calling two audibles during the schedule. This is the second. I talked to you again about this, about the ghost game, how much that's impacted my perception of Bill versus Sam. 
But this is a primetime home game, man, against a, a Patriots team that is not that great. And I'm going to give is. and I'm going to give a, a, the Jets a win that going into this I did not have them getting, but I'm giving them uh, another win here. Okay, at last check of FanDuel right now the Jets are three and a half point home dogs on Monday night at home with New England coming to town. However, the narrative on New England may be very different by the time we hit early in the half. Wow, the hook. That's crazy. Yeah. They get the hook also. You know, then another interesting quirk of the Jets' schedule comes up, okay? They've had nine weeks of the season. They go to Miami in week 10 to play the Dolphins. Then they have a bye in week 11. Then week 12, the Dolphins make the return trip. It's almost like soccer, home and home, okay? So we got the Dolphins kind of bracketing Thanksgiving. How do you think this happens? Home teams gets it done. Do they? Does either team sweep? How do these two games go back-to-back against Miami? Yeah, I'm rolling with the home squads in each okay. game. Dolphins will host the Jets after they play that tough Monday nighter. Uh, we hit the bye, and then the Jets are home off of a bye, which is really easy to give them that win over the Dolphins. All right, fair enough. After that, remember, they're staying at home against Miami. Uh, so then they have a little bit of a homestand, two in a row. And this time, you know, listen, a team that has always defecated the mattress when they fly West Coast to East Coast, the Vegas Raiders come to town December 6th at MetLife. Yeah, this is the type of game that, you could like bet now while it's one and a half <laughs> because the Raiders are just, they don't travel well, especially yeah. coming over to the East. Um, this We saw this exact spot last year and the Jets absolutely beat yeah, them up. That's so true. yeah, it's I like the Jets win. in this spot as well. For the Jets last year. I have one more question about this game. Who do you think is the quarterback for the Raiders in this game? I'm just, I'm, I'm going to roll with Derek Carr. I'm just okay. so low on Mariota's prospects after last season. All right, fair enough. I'm higher on Mariota. I do believe there's a universe, especially by the back half of the season, that they want to, like, see what they've got in Mariota before, like, formally making a decision. But, you know, reasonable people can yeah. disagree. This is interesting, Kev. You have this team now going into the stretch run, 6-6, six and six, okay? Oh, wow know if that keeps them live maybe in a wild card fringe run right but you have them six and six entering the last four games of the season so we know what that probably means for your over under but then they travel to a tough place to play they go to the pacific northwest to see seattle yeah they might not get there man uh, i like the seahawks at home Definitely. Right. Definitely. Fair so. enough. Then remember, back-to-back road games. They're already on the West Coast, so they just got to travel down south. It's their Are second they... trip to L.A. We haven't heard about this one. Do we think that they'll stay out West? Did you hear about this? I have not heard. Yeah. I think conventional wisdom these days is that does happen. I'd also think about it, Kev. It's going to be the middle of December. <laughs> you know, yeah, so I'd yeah, yeah. rather spend yeah. an extra week and extra time in L.A. than what New York may look like weather-wise at that time. Um, in L.A. for the Rams, week 15. Yeah, I, I'm going to roll with the Rams in a home spot. I think this is the, I think it's the perfect kind of uh, call-your-shot upset spot here. Yeah. Like, it's a game that you'd never expect the Jets to win. What a tough loss this would be for the Rams. But it's not one that I'm going to really kind of put into the schedule exercise right now. All right, fair enough. Then there are six and eight. So probably at this point, fading away from the playoffs. They get a home game. This is one. Remember, last year on the Monday Night Football, they so badly wanted it to be Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold. But then Mono got in the way. We have another opportunity for these two top picks of a few years ago to kind of do battle. Week 16, the Jets are at home. This could be one of those Saturday games. Darnold versus Baker. We'll see what's on the line. Who you got? I'm rolling with the Browns. I think that – I just think the Browns are a better football team. I think the Browns are going to need this game way more. I, I just – yeah, I'm rolling with the Browns. All right, and then they end their season in Gillette against the Patriots. You had them 6-6. Six and six. Do you have them finishing ultimately 6-10, and 10, losing four in a row? See, that, this is where it's tough because I also think through the audible that we called, right. I think last time the Jets won this game, are they going to sweep the Patriots? It's a tough spot. I, I'm for – Sanity's sake, I think I have to still give this one to the Patriots. All right, you have the Jets then going 6-10 and 10 in this season with a worse record despite what you believe is the arrow being pointed in the right direction. And yeah. I wanted to make that point because I fully agree with you. I personally had them going 7-9, and nine, mm. but I believe that this team can get better 
and the record may not reflect it. I believe you also had them going three and three in the division, splitting with Miami, splitting with Buffalo, and splitting with the New England Patriots. So right there, kind of on the cusp. When we come back, whether you want to bet them or not, there still could be some fantasy goodness, and we shine a light there for the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line here on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin looking at the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I am acknowledged a home fan of this team. My grandparents had season tickets for the Jets, Kev, ever since they played at Chase Stadium. They had season tickets, okay? Mm. Like Namath days, okay? They moved over to the Meadowlands, and then with the PSLs, when they came, you know, about 10 or 15 years ago, my family, uh, you know, gave up the tickets, unfortunately, because we couldn't swing it, you know? But I still try and go to as many games as possible. Kev, when I look at these players, I got to, you know, I got to say something for you to check me. Maybe I'm being a homer here. My diamond in the rough is Le'Veon Bell. Um, Le'Veon Bell, I don't... I. I think the narrative on Le'Veon Bell has gone completely awry, if you want to know the truth. This is a guy literally, Kev, what, two years ago? Was the, like, number one overall pick in fantasy? He is now going as running back 19 overall? That's an RB2. I think that's a little bit out of control. Now, I understand that he didn't have, like, the greatest year, right, in year one. I understand that. But remember, it was a piss-poor offensive line that has been addressed, right? You have an actual quarterback. Remember, like, what would you have done, Kevin, if you were the defensive coordinator facing the Jets last year and the quarterback was like Luke Falk that you had to worry about? I know what I would do. I'd put 87 men in the box to try to stop Le'Veon Bell, and that's what they did. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that this year. So when you combine the offensive line, the idea that Sam Darnold is there, the receiving core is a little bit better, I think Le'Veon Bell is – primed and ready to kind of improve upon, you know, his first year with the Jets, where I'll give it to you now, his stats, he wound up 789 yards, you know, below a thousand for really the first time ever for him. But, you know, I mean, this what I'll call stuff percentage, where he gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage was 10% of his runs. I don't think that's happening anymore. I think Lev Bell can easily return to being an RB1? It's tough. So last year he finished as RB16. Okay. So based on that alone. To be technically an RB1. And remember, bad offensive line, no actual quarterback. I think think basically I would tell you that last year was as bad as it It could could be. Right. And And that was RB16. RB16. Right. Yeah, and that was RB16. Now I look at this team, and first of all, he had three touchdowns. That should regress positively, right? Positive regression, right, is what yeah. that's, that's that's the, the fantasy favorite term. Um, I look at the reception numbers. They were down way more than you would have thought. Sure. Okay, and that is somewhat concerning. And he still had 66 catches for 461 yards. Right, and I guess maybe then the reason is, right, the the 2017 Le'Veon Bell that I look at is the best running back, right? So I think it's fair to say, Dane, that based on the offensive line, the touchdown numbers should be better. Yeah. they And the the situation should be better. Yeah, I agree. The two things that give me some hesitation is the arrival of Frank Gore, who always fits. He's like Fitzpatrick ish where you just know he's going to find his way into the mix yes the other thing is just the kind of season that we're looking at for this Jets football team I guess and that's just where I'm a little confused basically here's what I would have to say again if 16's his floor and he's going as 19 and we, and we think he should be better we're talking about we're talking about immense value 
But right. a couple of times we've done these exercises and we've run into a situation where the names, you go, oh, I could kind of see it. So I'm curious who 12, 13, 14, 15 are. Okay. Right? Sure. Let's play the game. Uh, I, guess, I guess I should say maybe 15, 16, 17, 18. That group right there. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's play the name of the ones right behind him. What I yeah. will say for just statistical context, last year, okay, yeah, Lev Bell got 789 yards, right? But Bilal Powell, 229. Ty Montgomery, 103. That's 350 yards. I think that's where Frank Gore and the rookie Pirine eat into. And when I look at Le'Veon Bell, you are correct. You know, when I look at his... The other, the last season he had before that, right? In 17 with Pittsburgh, 1,291 yards, nine rushing touchdowns, and then 85 catches, okay, for another 655 yards. This is Christian McCaffrey kind of level. I understand that, you know, he's a few years older. I, I get that, but I just think people have kind of gone a little bit too far, and Le'Veon Bell's going to remind some people just how good he is. But to your point, okay, as I bring it up, and this is in PPR formats, all right, where he is going as running back 19. So here's what I'll ask you. Le'Veon Bell or Chris Carson, who's 18? I will take Le'Veon Bell over Carson. Okay. Le'Veon Bell or number 17, Melvin Gordon? I think I might lean Le'Veon Bell as well. Okay, Le'Veon Bell or number 16, Todd Gurley? That's tough. I think that's tough. I think maybe... Are my injury concerns greater with Gurley? Is Gurley in a better offense? Uh, that's a that's close. That's tough. Okay, to fine. Keep, to keep the exercise going, I'll pick Le'Veon Bell because I'm, I'm interested. I think more. you're gonna pick Bell over 15 and 14 also when you hear the names. Okay, we've talked about number 15 a lot. It's the rookie in Kansas City, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I'll take Le'Veon Bell. I've seen it before. I, I've told you that the, the Clyde thing is going to be one of the most um, troubling things for me to do all fantasy season. Right. Because, you know, there so are... There are available for you, and it's round, late round two, early round three. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell are on the board. Yeah. I might... Edwards-Hilaire over Le'Veon Bell? You know why I might? Because I already have a running back, right? Right. So I might, I might chase the upside over okay. the floor. I understand that. I, I Listen, I believe Le'Veon Bell could wind up being a top 10. And I'll do one more with you. Running back 14, yeah. who I think you may pick Le'Veon over. It's Leonard Fournette. Lenny Foe is, is, a, tough, is a tough, tough guy to figure out this fantasy season. Yeah. That team should be terrible. He might be traded halfway through the year. Thompson will be on the field for Jacksonville, but hey, yeah. we talked about that. No, I, I think Leonard Fournette's the kind of guy, like, you know, you're, you ever hear in fantasy when you talk about guys that are undraftable, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Leonard Fournette's that kind of guy, and I, so basically, Dan, as we go through this exercise, I think I think you've again, it's not a bias. I think you found okay. what should be a diamond. I last year put Todd Gurley on more teams than I should have because I was like, this has gone too far. To be fair, Gurley finished as like RB fifteen last right. year. Right, absolutely. I, I think you're. I think I think you're onto something here with Le'Veon Bell. I, I think you're. I think you absolutely are. And remember, I also, we previous went through some of these running back props, right? And Le'Veon Bell's, like, scrimmage yards, I think, are criminally low as well. You know, we'll pull that one up, but I don't want to just do talk only Le'Veon Bell. Kev, let me get your thoughts on the wide receiver position. Okay, right now, Jameson, you know, and we've mentioned this, right? Brashad Perryman outside at the X. The kid Denzel Mims will probably play the Y. And then Jameson Crowder, I'm going to tell you this. If you are in a PPR format, Jamison Crowder all of a sudden tremendously increases in value, in my opinion, okay? Kev, I've seen him be a great slot receiver. Receiver, He's in essence, he's a Julian Edelman type, right? And there was a game in week one before he got hurt where I think Crowder caught like 14 balls, all right, in week one. But Crowder is going as wide receiver 40 outside of the starting territory of three wide receivers, then Perryman at 56, and then Denzel Mims, the kid, at wide receiver 68. Who are the Jets receivers? Would you draft first? Why? Is there any value here? So I think there's arguably valuable uh, value for all of these guys. I, th I think you could potentially say that. Yeah. Um, Jameson Crowder last year had 122 targets. I've talked about just kind of how I like to get after targets. And... I don't necessarily – when you look through this group, here's the thing. Crowder can still be Crowder. And right. it's so easy to just look at Rashad Perry and be like, okay, you're Robbie Anderson. No right. problem there. Where Denzel Mims fits in, I think one of the craziest things – like if I asked you 
If I gave you 100 guesses, I don't think you would have nailed that yeah. Marius Thomas was fourth in targets right, for the, for the Jets last year. year. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he I was with 58 targets. So I go through this. I can see Crowder losing a bit. Robbie Anderson leaves 96 targets on the table. Marius Thomas, again, that's 58 targets that just walked out the door. I, I look through this. If I had to draft one of these guys, because Crowder's actually going higher than I thought. I thought he might get a bit more disrespected. Right. It might be big play Rashad Perriman to come in, fill the Robbie Anderson role, and you know maybe kind of continue to live up to those previous expectations when he was drafted, I believe, by Baltimore all those yeah. years ago, that we saw a little bit with Jameis. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I do have the Le'Veon Bell prop bet now. Mm. I think it's criminal. Let's hear it. 12.99 and a half. 1,300 yards. Okay. Last year, Kev, in the floor of what we think, right? 789 plus 461. Quick math tells me that that's like 1,250 about. Okay. They're hanging the prop at 12.99. He did that in just rushing almost three times with Pittsburgh. I, I would go over here as well. I did want to mention that because we brought it up. Um, Chris Herndon going as tight end 22. Sam Darnold going as uh, quarterback 25 outside of starting in a two-quarterback league. I think that one is interesting. And again, when I look at quarterbacks that are in the neighborhood of Sam Darnold, I might take Darnold over some of these guys. Would you? Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater? Let me just quickly say something with the Le'Veon Bell thing because you've oh, more sorry, than sold me now. He averaged 3.2 yards per carry last year. Every year other than his rookie year was four yards or better per carry. Yeah, and I got an offensive line now. Hit the prop edge, draft him on your teams all the way in now on Le'Veon Bell. It took, it took a little bit less than a segment for yeah. me now to hope that you and I are in completely separate leagues so we can both have him on our teams <laughs> and, like, laugh about yeah. it each week as he as he hopes they improved uh, their offensive line 100%. was one of the best running backs in the nfl yeah. i don't get it you got anything on darnold or herndon we only got about a minute or two left the herndon thing i feel like the ship has sailed to where i don't want to get myself excited about it again darnold has a good potential to where if you're playing two quarterback leagues because i know he's going later i think he's more than worth your time and i think he certainly is a guy that depending on your dfs matchups the thing is, the first couple of weeks, we're talking about the Bills' defense and the Niners' defense. Right. So you're going to want to be cautious there. That's a good point. That's a good but point. Sam Darnold is a guy who I definitely think, if you're a quarterback streamer, there's going to be weeks where you can maybe look in Sam Darnold's direction. All right, fair enough. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to go crazy, but I do think Le'Veon Bell, the, the hate has gone too far. Almost the way I feel about Baker Mayfield, if you want to know the truth, yeah. that the hate has gone too far and there could be some big-time positive regression. Well, uh, That'll about do it for today. Kev, when we come back tomorrow, we just go across the river to start the NFC East, right? We'll do the New York football giants who are in a similar, you know, space, especially with their win total. We'll cover that and anything else that happens from now until then. From my man, Kevin Walsh, I am Dane Martinez. We have put the fun in functional sports content yet again. I'm excited, Kev, to finish up our team-by-team -team previews this week so that we can go to the second season. And by that time, hopefully we'll have more details on the first season in the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball and the MLS. We'll talk about it all this week. Hopefully you stick with us and join us. Come on back tomorrow. This is another edition of the Early Line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. See you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.